Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. We're taking your calls on all the news in the world, not just the hearings, but I really can't wait to find out what you guys thought of the hearings. Laura in L.A., thanks for your patience on hold. Hello, hello. Sorry. Hello. Hi. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad that um, your your time is this, I know, for the past couple of years. But it takes me almost two and a half hours to drive home from UCLA. It's only 20 miles. <laughs> it takes wow. two hours. But yeah. I, what do you want? You, what are you on the ten or the the four hundred five? I'm over in San Pedro, so I take the one ca- the ten to the one ten, the four hundred five to the ten to the one ten. I've but done that drive many surf- times. I take the surface streets, and it only takes me about ninety minutes. You know, mm. if I take the Pulvida all the way south. So sorry, people don't want to hear this. The Slauson cutoff, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you for spending it with us. But, yeah, that's why when people, I, I don't know, on the East Coast, uh, that's a late hour for them. But it's perfect. I get my car around 7 p.m., and I listen to Progressive. But um, tonight, uh, I was on campus. Uh, we're getting ready for the, the summer semester. And so the dean of my department heard me have you on uh, uh, on the app. Um, and then you uh, characterized Trump. I think you said gluttonous or gelatinous. Gelatinous, I believe, yes. Yeah. So the dean said, no, 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 put something more unbiased. So he, uh, she, um, a math department, she let me uh, put on NPR. And so well, um, that's good. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. We I are biased, but we, we are biased, but we are fair. And and the, well, the man, the, the man I call gelatinous is a man who uh, gave an abortion pill secretly to his pregnant mistress in a smoothie. So I will stand by my making fun of a wretched, evil man like that. I, I did ask the dean. I said, well, what was exactly wrong about the characterization this John Fugel thing had? 
And she goes, look, I don't want to get into it, but if someone wants to buy, you know, it's all right, whatever. Well, and, if and I can hurt your academic standing, I've done my job. So very good. <laughs> and then the armed guards that we have, our campus uh, police, uh, they were listening in uh, on their stations. So we know they weren't listening to Fox. So that was a good way that we can uh, target who's listening. And, you know, are you with us or against us? Oh, right. you're listening. So you're not a Fox listener. So that was interesting. But our armed guards were listening. And the most um, overwhelming thing was to hear the, the Capitol Police cop talk about that she was flipping on human blood. Yeah. And all I thought was those Uvalde cops. You motherfucker, you baldy cop. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I'm not, not going to... That's conscience. Listen, I... still do her job. I, I praise the bravery of the Capitol Hill police. I am not going to defend the cowardice of the Uvalde cops, but I will say, in compassion to the Uvalde cops, no cop should ever have to face a civilian wielding an AR-15. Those cops should never have been put in that position because that gun should not be available for civilian use. But I'm with you. She spoke powerfully, uh, very movingly. I'd like to uh, let me let me play a little bit of it. This is Caroline Edwards. In case you missed the hearing, she was the first Capitol Police officer to be injured in the attack of January 6th, and she testified in the first committee hearing about the attack, about how they questioned her loyalty. Give a listen. I was called a lot of things on January 6, 2021 and the days thereafter. I was called Nancy Pelosi's dog, called incompetent, called a hero, and a villain. I was called a traitor to my country, my oath, and my constitution. In actuality, I was none of those things. I was an American standing face to face with other Americans, asking myself how many times, many, many times, how we had gotten here. I had been called names before, but never had my patriotism or duty been called into question. Laura, thank you very much for the call. Let me go to Luke in Vermont. Luke, thanks for your patience. Welcome. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hi. Welcome. Hello. Um, I, I, I... I wasn't able to, to listen to the hearings today because I just feel so discouraged with the Justice Department. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I'm just like the moment Trump tried to find 11,000 votes to have that recording, you can say there was an attempted coup. I agree. Uh, the moment asking uh, Mike Pence to overthrow, you know, a valid election, there's, there's an attempted coup. And I think this was in plain sight. And I think they could have prosecuted him a long time ago. I agree. Which would have shut the neighborhood down, would have had the popularity to have done it. I mean, it would have been, I mean, honestly, it would have been saying, you know, Biden would have been limiting himself to a one-term presidency. But, it, it, you know, it's, it's what sort of needed to be done. You kind of like with that Batman, we, you know, the hero we deserve. Or, I Listen, I, I agree. Trump could have been impeached. Trump could be prosecuted based on the Georgia Secretary of State phone call alone. The fact that he was stupid enough to do that over the phone and the evidence exists and he had to have known it was being recorded. Um, it's right there. And I hope that Raffsenberger winds up speaking before the committee because... I mean, the proof is right there. He committed voter fraud. He wasn't asking the Secretary of State to make sure all the votes get counted. He asked him to find exactly enough votes, 11,000, so he could prevail, in spite right. of the reality. 
And, and that's just like one of the many felonies. I think they could have just prosecuted him right off the bat. And like, I get it. Prosecuting a president is a harsh precedent to set. And it's not something to take lightly. But, but I mean, there comes a time when precedent does. You I'm know, you. and I just feel like the Justice Department, we're going to have this hearing. People are going to hear stuff. And then nothing's going to happen. And given the poll numbers, are we looking at him coming back into power in 2024 and then pardoning people? And Well, you know, we that, just, that depends like everything else in this country. It depends on how much non-Republicans turn out to vote. That's it. If there's a large turnout, then Republicans will lose. If there's a small turnout, Republicans always win. And that's why they fight so hard on the legislative level to make it difficult for the rest of us to vote. It it comes down to us. We can't really blame the Democrats at the end of the day. It's going to come down to how much do we care. But I will say, if you're looking for the Democrats to hang on to the White House, I think they're better off facing Donald Trump than they are facing Ron DeSantis. I I don't know. I mean, again, I get afraid because... The guy's a totalitarian. It's Ron DeSantis, a totalitarian. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Trump, we know. We saw it. We, yeah. we saw what he, he does to our democracy, whether it's you know using the government to make money for him and his family. Yeah. Um, obviously, disregard. It, it just he, his incompetence. It, it, it just he's a he's dangerous. The incompetence, like the ignorance, the misogyny, the racism. And the criminality. I mean, it's all right there. It's not really up for debate. The only thing in question is the will of the governing authorities to do something about it. Right. But I, and that's the thing that really annoys me. Um, like, what's the, the congresswoman from Colorado, though? Was it Bobart? Lauren Bobart, yes. I'm not trying to, like, butcher her name. It's okay. The, the end of January 6th, she tweeted 1776. Like, if you yeah. look that up on the Internet, it was a trope being used by insurrectionists yeah. to call for insurrection. So yeah, like, to call for, and to call for violence. And by the way, 1776 yeah. was violence against the British government. They were calling for violence against the United States government. It's not even historically exactly. apt. It's ugly and it's dirty. But here's my problem. We didn't do anything after the Iraq war was proven to be done for profit and lies. We didn't I, yeah, do anything exactly. after right. Iran-Contra which made Watergate look like a drop in the bucket. I don't really know what's going to be done to Trump. I think Donald Trump will suffer a miserable end. I think he's going to be shoveling out money to defense attorneys for the rest of his life. He will never be president again. I would like to see him run just to watch one man lose the popular vote three times. I'm here for that. Um, But again, I think Donald Trump at the end of the day is in many ways just the new version of, of, of the hood ornament on the hood of the car, the Republican Party is driving over our democracy. They always change the hood ornament. It's the same movement. Yeah, no, you're, you're correct. Uh, you know, I, again, one of my the discouraging things, it also has to deal with Biden. Like, yeah. right now we have the opportunity to really reform our country. Like, I know. You could have used the Defense Production Act to bring manufacturing back home because we have a state of emergency. Yeah. Um. You, you have the popularity to get ri- I mean, to really get rid of some very dangerous elements. And I'm not anti-free speech at all. I'm not anti-democratic, but sedition is sedition. You know? Yep. Like, Edward Snowden considers Germany the freest country in, on, on the planet. And I think that means something. But oh, in yeah. Germany, they, they have regulations that you can't be a Nazi. 
You know believe what I mean? me, believe me, Germany's conservatives are so much more liberal than our liberals. I mean, I mean, you've right. got luxury housing turned into public housing, and it's being supported by the most conservative of German politicians. They're so far ahead of us because they've hit rock bottom. We haven't hit rock bottom yet, and I fear it may have to get worse in this country before it gets better. I really love your call, Luke. I've got to go because there's a million people on hold, but please call us more often. We're at 866-997-GRIT. You know, Joe Biden was on Jimmy Kimmel last night, and uh, I don't know if you guys happen to see it. Let's play a little bit. This is Biden in L.A. telling Kimmel that gun control has to become a voting issue for Americans. All of you folks, and I hope, and I'm not being facetious when I say this, hope the Republicans here as well. you got to make sure that this becomes a voting issue. It's got to be one of those issues where you decide your position on the issue of senator or candidate for House or Senate on what we're going to do on us with assault weapons and how have to have, maybe have 300 rounds in a magazine. And mag- I mean, what you say on those things is going to determine how I'm going to vote for you. It should be one of those issues. You're right. It is our fault that people in the House and Congress can take responsibility for it. But it is our fault because we need to stop this. We need to do it. Well, we did last time, as I said, and it, and it expired in 2004. Can't and, you issue an executive order? Trump passed those out like Halloween candy. Yes, sir. It, well, it, I isn't that something that could happen? Well, I, I, I have issued executive orders within the power of the presidency to be able to deal with these, everything having to do with guns, gun ownership, whether or not you have to have a waiting, all, all the things that are within my power. But what I don't want to do, and I'm not being facetious, I don't want to emulate Trump's abuse of the Constitution and constitutional authority. Man, you know, Biden's good. Jesus. 866-997-GRIT. David Washington State, thanks for your patience. Hello. Hey, John, I'm glad you played that clip about uh, from Joe Biden, because, look, it goes to my point. Um, I don't know. I was listening to the hearings tonight, and I just wanted to say that Benny Thompson you know, when he I've been waiting for him to slip, um, he says President Trump with such genuine respect. I don't know how he can muster that. I mean, he must actually have some genuine respect for the guy. And um, I couldn't do it. And, <laughs> you know, we have to we have to recognize that there is a the, the Republican Party. All right, Trump is a problem. OK, but the Republican Party itself has fundamentally changed, man. You know, the other day it was they were talking about the Queen's Jubilee, right? And right. there was a guy on there uh, on British television. He was saying, you know, I'm an American and we just love the Queen in America. I mean, we we just wish we are so envious of England. We just wish we had a, 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 a leader that was such a stalwart for the people and so steadfast. I mean, really? it was all this flourish, right? Yes. And after it was over, now I'm not saying they were trolling him or anything, but the British correspondent started talking about the difference. This is after an American spoke. They started talking about the difference between a monarchist and a Republican in Britain. Okay. Mm -hmm. No American should sound like a monarchist. And, you know, and and I, and I, I think about Mohammed bin Salman, all the criticism about him, you know, he's done seminars or meet and greets or whatever in, um, down here in California in uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah. And, you know, they say he's a very generous guy, a very, very charming, charismatic speaker. murderer. Yes. 
Yes, and this is why America cannot. I don't care if you got a good heart. You just want you know the Trump family dynasty to to kind of rule and and shepherd, be the good shepherd of America. Yes. you know, but it's not going to work. It is going to get perverted into a kind of fascism. And it already you know, like has. Not. It already has. We just yes. watched a two-hour TV special about it. And again, England doesn't really have a monarchy. They have a figurehead monarchy. But I, I will agree, the one trait that unites all the Trump supporters I talk to is a penchant for authoritarianism. They want a ruler. They want someone to rule them. They want a strong man. That's one of the key hallmarks of fascism. Yes. And look, do you really want to go? All right, John, look, I'll put it in real terms. I heard him talking the other day about Russians having uh, cholera or something and ew, they're infectious. Okay. They have a weird religion, right? Do you really want to do wars over stuff like that? Do you really, especially with a country with the resources of Russia, do you want to just get into some name calling thing? Because that's what happens when you have kings. That's what happens when you have Führers. That's what happens when you have whatever. When you have an authoritarian, you don't do war over ideals. You do wars over personality and name-calling and stuff. Yep. And, oh, wait, 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 do they fight? Do them or their kids fight? No. (laughs) They don't fight unless they Uh. kill well, and I don't think it's going you to end well for Putin. Yeah, I don't think it's going to end well for Putin either. Thank you so much for the call. I really do appreciate it, Dave. Hey, I want to play a little bit of Liz Cheney uh, in her opening remarks this evening. I thought it was a real smart move to put the most famous Republican on this bipartisan commission on in a prime speaking role, night number one. Here's Liz's opening. Tonight, you will see never-before-seen footage of the brutal attack on our Capitol. An attack that unfolded while a few blocks away, President Trump sat watching television in the dining room next to the Oval Office. You will hear audio from the brave police officers battling for their lives and ours, fighting to defend our democracy against a violent mob Donald Trump refused to call off. Liz Cheney, truth teller. Yeah. I'm as shocked as you are. Sean in Cali, thank you for your patience. Oh, hey, brother. So thanks for, uh, you know, what a wonderful show. I've been listening to, uh, I listened to the whole presentation, um, you know, on the January 6th thing. So, you know, here's the thing regarding common sense and the American people. You know, um, you and I, and probably 90% of your listeners know that uh, Donald bin Laden, which I'm going to use that term, um, you know, guided his domestic terrorists to uh, do this attack and try to overturn our uh, election and basically, you know, um, commit treason. But that yeah. won't be the charge. But but here's the thing, too, is that, you know, um, you are either with us or you are with the Republican um, domestic terrorists and their leaders. And, and the reason why I use the term Republican terrorists and their leaders is, you know, in our country, sadly, that's the way it fucking is. We have a couple of parties, and, and one is imperfect, but definitely moving the ball forward to help people in our country. That's the Democratic Party. And then the Republican Party, who hates America. And don't, don't challenge me on this, because I don't want to get in an argument. The Republican Party hates our country. They hate it because they can't stand the fact that 
we are okay with brown and black people, Asian people, any anyone who wants to come here and be a productive American in our country. And by the way... Yeah, I wouldn't say they uh, hate the country. I'd say they hate many members of the country. They hate a lot of the institutions of the country. You know, like, they don't don't hate the government. They hate the democracy. You know what I'm saying? Like, they love their idea of what America is supposed to be. They're deeply in love with their idea of what America is supposed to be. They don't like what America actually is. Well, I think that makes sense. I mean, my thing is that they love big government when it does things like take away women's rights or, 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 you know, it puts down brown and black people. They love big government. I call it big nanny state government. And I made this argument and my friend of mine, which you know as well, used to have a show and all that. And I agree with them. We had these discussions for years. I'm a big, I'm a conservative. I don't want big nanny state progressive government, liberal government, telling a woman what to do with their private health care choices um, right. regards to their family. And I'll tell you what, Republicans love big government, and that's G-U-M-M-I-N-T, period. They do. They love big government, yes. Yeah. And I mean, where, but, what do you got? From the military fighting, budget? Man. From the military budget to the oil industry subsidies, yes. They love it. Government is how they reward their donors. What they hate is democracy. I thank you, Sean. I want to go before our next break to James in San Diego. James, thanks for your patience on hold. Oh, thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you for taking my call. I I don't want to get you off topic, but I want to, I'm a little upset with the media because not enough is, is talked about regarding campaign financing. I agree. We need public financing of campaigns. Urgently. I think, I think if the electorate knew that their, their uh, representatives and senators spend about 50 to 70 percent of their time raising money for their campaigns, they would get upset with that. Yes, they would. But they don't know that. Believe me, if the if the public knew about the congressional pension system, we'd have another riot at the Capitol on our hands. And it would be the liberals and the conservatives alike with pitchforks doing it. There's so much corruption exactly. the public's not, ava- not aware of. But, yeah, it's got to be public financing because we've seen what we have by our system of legalized bribery in this country. You're never going to have a real democracy. A poor man could never become president. And it's always going to be special interests who are able to buy political office. Exactly. And the reason yeah. things don't get done is because they're beholden to the people that fund their campaigns. We had a 50-50 Senate, and all they had to do was buy off two Democrats, and they picked the exactly. right two. And it worked. And they have halted almost all essential progress this country needed. i got to run, James, but I thank you for the call. we got to hit a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. 
And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Brian in Oregon, thanks for your patience. Hello. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Very good. How are you? Good. A lot of good calls tonight. Uh, The hearing was just amazing. I I love the Biddy Thompson, and I love the way uh, he gave the history of the oath. Because I'd never heard that before, that it was uh, part of the, uh, out of the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I agree. Yeah. And then I, Officer Edwards, I thought, was just amazing. And uh, Laura kind of caught what I was thinking with the um, slipping on the blood. And my brain went to Gettysburg. It was almost like another type of uh, Civil War battle. Um, I agree. I thought it was very and, powerful to invoke the Civil War and, and how historically that's after that secession, we began to make our officials swear an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. You know, everything yeah, they I, said tonight, I think, either had a payoff or will have a payoff. I think so, too. And the one that uh, I think is Scott Peters, I think, is better lawyer up, because I think, I think he's the representative from uh, Pennsylvania that tried to get Trump to uh, install that. Oh God! Now I'm forgetting his name. The the to replace Ro- Jeffrey Rosen as the uh, Attorney General. Oh, Jeff right, right, right. Clark, Jeff Clark. Yes. Um, and so anyway, I think these. My guess is, John. I think there's going to be a lot of these people are going to be roped into a vast uh, conspiracy uh, trial. You know, there were 48 Nixonites that went to jail. Yeah, but that and was before Fox be News. These guys. Do you, if Nixon had Fox News, do you think he ever would have had to resign? If Nixon had had Fox News, would he ever have had Barry Goldwater and the other Republican leadership going to the White House and saying it's time for you to go? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, that's a, uh, probably, I, probably not. Um, I mean, we're looking at a president, the first president, to oversee the first non-peaceful transfer of power. In our country's history. This is Watergate exactly. is nothing compa- compared to this. Where's Elba Island? He needs to go to where... Uh, where Napoleon went. <laughs> Maybe Epstein's Island. Uh, I don't... I, let, let's, for, let's... For sale? Yeah. He's, let's, he's been there before. Yeah, Trump could buy it and maybe we could just, then we can uh, bar- you know, uh, uh, barricade him on the island. No, John, I... I, don't, I th- he deserves it. Go ahead, Chris. I think I think in, in something in what Brian said, it made me think that where this hearing really does um, what it does share with the Mueller report and the Mueller investigation it, it's not in the mechanics of these hearings and investigations it's in us because there's nothing that I've seen uh, in this testimony tonight and overall that would make me think that they're going to refer anybody to jail time and put anybody for actual crimes but yet yeah. I think that Thank we you. look at these things assuming that or hoping for that like like I, you know, so many people in my life were looking at the Mueller investigation and we're just like oh this is it we got him we got him yeah. baby but yeah. there's so many that's where I first learned the term institutionalist and there's so many people who really value the, the institution of D.C. And, and Congress and the way these things go that they would never they would consider it it would, it would be more damaging to uh, charge a president and put him in jail than to just let him escape with, 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 with no harm 
I agree. And again, I do think that Donald Trump will be paying a steep karmic price for the rest of his natural life. I don't think it's going to be what people want to see. He'll never be in an orange jumpsuit, but he will be paying forever. But yeah, and I, uh, I think Chris is right, and I think I'm, I'm starting to think these people are um, counter revolutionaries. Is another way I started looking at them, um, and, and, and in terms of how they are behaving and what they're saying and all that stuff they're spouting, they're actually counter as if they were British or whatever. You know, hmm. the, uh, it's yeah. Are you there? I'm here. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that was a, that's another I just call them terrorists. My head. I just call them terrorists, going by the dictionary definition of terrorism. That's, well, they're terrorists, that's, but that doesn't mean they're not in, uh, counter-revolutionaries. I guess. Even though I it's mean, like a few hundred years late, but it's been Counter-revolutionary in, in that they're loyal to the president himself? Well, um, I think they're loyal to... It seems to me they're... Um, they're loyal to Trump, the man, and not the office, and not um, the Constitution, is how I would yeah. look at that. I hear you. We'll see, Brian. It's going to be very interesting seeing how this unfolds. Okay. Thank you. Thank you and so much for the call. Is, John? Yes. Yes. Go ahead. My, my last wish is, may all those insurrectionist white supremacist assholes have unwanted pregnancies. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Let let him let let well, Karma come visit them they're too. They're the assholes that promote all this shit, or they're behind it. I think. You're right, man. We'll see. Thank you so much for the call. You know what? I would be really derelict in my duties to you guys as listeners if we didn't play for you the first time I've ever said Ivanka was the most interesting part of any evening. Uh, here is the very brief clip of Ivanka testimony. They played, and let's just say I'm sure they weren't happy about these nine seconds in Mar-a-Lago. This is the president's daughter commenting on Bill Barr's statement that the department found no fraud sufficient to overturn the election. How did that affect your perspective about the election when Attorney General Barr made that statement? It affected my perspective. Um, I respect Attorney General Barr. So I accepted what he sent, was saying. Boom. Boom. That was less than nine seconds. And I'm telling you, I, I think that may have been the most interesting and powerful part of the evening. I don't know if that's good or bad. Mitch in Kent State. Hello. Hello. Hi, Mitch. Hey, John. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, first of all, if I may real quick, a couple of birthdays all the way. The great Les Paul. Uh, yes, 107 uh, years old today. Seven. Yeah, how about that? And uh, Johnny Ace, uh, Paul Simon sang kind of a oh. uh, tribute to John Lennon. Uh, the, the late, great Johnny Ace. Yeah, I remember. Exactly. And uh, Bob Dylan received his uh, degree today from Princeton University, the uh, the song Day of the Locust. Uh, oh, that, uh, that's uh, right. I know that story. Oh, right. Well, you have out-geeked me, Mitch. I didn't know any of that stuff. I knew about Les Paul. Well, here's one you didn't know, John. Today's my son's 25th birthday. I just wish him a happy birthday. <laughs> oh, happy birthday to your son. I hope he's having a good time. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. John, one more thing. Neil Young wrote a song called Ambulance Blues uh, mm-hmm. during the uh, Watergate hearings. And the last paragraph of the song, I think, uh, stands up today. Uh, I never knew a man who could tell so many lies. He had a different story for every set of eyes. How can he remember who he's talking to? Because I know it ain't me, and I hope it isn't you. Love and, uh, it. Yeah. So, Love uh, it. Yeah. It, it. True then, true now. But, uh, it's from the On the Beach album. 
Exactly. A fantastic album. Just from uh, Neil Young's uh, um, oft-overlooked uh, Malibu period. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, my God. Uh, just uh, every single song, just uh, turnstiles, uh, all of them, just uh, just just gut-wrenching. Just, just perfect Neil Young is what it is. Now, are you telling me that you sat through this whole show listening to all this talk about the hearings tonight just to talk about Neil Young songs, or did you have any thoughts about the hearings? Well, I do, John. Well, it's it's the same old, same old. As far as you know, the hearing it's, it's Trump. Everybody doing the Trump's dirty work for him is what it is. Everybody's doing his dirty yeah. work for him. You know, yeah. while he's sitting back, you know, and uh, relishing in this. Uh, it's uh, you know, let let what that thing it is is let these people do the talking and uh, let's hear from them. That, I think that's the, that's the perfect uh, scenario here. Is you know, some, not so much from him. Let's hear the other uh, witnesses to all this do the talking because they're the ones that uh, were front and center to, to to all this crap going on. So uh, you know, it's you know, I just I always try to you know make some kind of a. Uh, pop culture uh, uh, comparison to what's going on as far as in politics and like that. But uh, that Neil Young song always, always uh, haunted me is, you know, he, that's exactly what the, was going on during the Watergate days. And here it is. It's coming back, uh, coming back again. But uh, so true. You're right. So true that, uh, well said, Mitch. Thank you so much. Thanks as always for, uh, sure. thank <laughs> you for being so fabulous. I always appreciate your calls. Thank you. You know, it was uh, 53 years ago today, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards informed Brian Jones he was going to be replaced in the Rolling Stones because Brian wasn't able to get a work permit for the U.S. tour because of his drug convictions. Of course, Brian died shortly thereafter. It was on this date in 1978, leaders of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints struck down their 148-year-old policy of excluding black men from the Mormon priesthood. Why did they do it? Because President Jimmy Carter said they would lose their tax-exempt status. And the Mormons listened. 42 years ago today, Richard Pryor was severely burned by a freebase disaster that exploded. He was hospitalized for more than two months. And 29 years ago today, Tina Turner's life story, including her relationship with Ike, was portrayed in the film What's Love Got to Do With It, featuring two Oscar-nominated performances by Angela Bassett and Lawrence Fishburne. We got to take a very quick break. We'll be right back. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash 
slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. I'm John Fuglesang. This is SiriusXM Progress. This portion of the show brought to you by former President Jimmy Carter, mocked relentlessly on Twitter by Donald Trump Jr., and I can see why. Jimmy Carter graduated top 10% at Annapolis, supported civil rights, signed 14 major pieces of environmental legislation, established FEMA, the Department of Energy, the Department of Education. Jimmy Carter won the popular vote, did shit for other people. Jimmy Carter, a Nobel-winning peacemaker who didn't dodge military service, an environmentalist, fighter for democracy, Jimmy Carter a man who worked with his hands, served the poor, created more jobs per year than Reagan, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump combined, still with his wife, and his wife never cheated on him with a Secret Service agent. Suck it, Don <laughs> Jr. This is John Fugelsang. Thanks for joining us. So I'm joined by my friends. We're going to take calls now this hour. And I said, hey, you know what? I'm so happy to have people back in the studio. Let's let the riffraff stay. Uh, Majid Padelan, better known as Brooklyn Dad Defiant. Welcome. Thank you for welcoming me. I have one more thing to add to that Jimmy Carter thing. Hit me. He also helped avert a nuclear crisis. Yes, he did. Yes. On, a, on the submarine. That's right. Yeah. I, I mean, he risked his life. Yeah. Not as president, as a seaman. Oh. He risked his life to abort. I like, think he's much too old to be such a clout chaser. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one of our favorite comedians, and now someone you can see on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Kevin Bartini. Hello. Tell us about the character. Oh, God, there's not much to the character. His name is Billy Jones. I'm just one of uh, 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 one of the other comedians in the New York scene that she has to bump up against that are a little bit uh, misogynistic and- I love your wardrobe. And hacky. Oh, my God, I did too. Yeah, so nice. really cool. The cool. The, uh, you know what? One thing, since you brought up the wardrobe, Please. W- what's so impressive about that show is the is the is one of the things is the wardrobe and the costumes. And, the co- and I will give a shout out to their costume uh, department. And so fascinating. And what, what you get is the people who know what they're doing. So I go in for my fitting for this suit that they put, they put me on there. They're trying me on these different suits. And she brings this one suit over and it's vintage first of all i'll tell you the the like the white plain button down shirt that i had had a mrs Maisel logo because they couldn't find white plain button down shirts that were good enough for them so they special made things like that she brings me this jacket vintage jacket from from the 50s and as she's handing it to me she just says matter of fact like oh looks whoever looks like whoever had this before you was injured in the war I'm like, what? How you? And she's like, well, if you see here, she shows me the inside seam is uneven and it's been done. And she says, well, the timing of this and the reason this is uneven, the person would have had some sort of trauma that changed the shape of their back and their shoulders. Like all of that kind of attention to detail from one stitch, she could tell. Fascinating. I've never been so impressed in my life on a TV set as I was in that moment in that place. I think she was grooming you for the fashion industry. I think so. (laughs) I'm in now. (laughs) Rhonda Handsome is actually in front of me after talking to you all through the pandemic every Monday. It's great to have you here. I'm still black. Still. (laughs) In spite of popular demand. Uh, Listen, folks have been waiting on hold a very long time, and I want to get to everyone, starting with Melissa in New Jersey. Thank you so much for your patience, Melissa. Hi. Hi. Thank you for take, thank you for taking my call. You got um, it. I am gonna try to stay composed and not show my inner raving lunatic. But I had to comment on, and it was interesting that you actually played the clip of um, Senator Murphy, who yeah. I I actually really like. I think he's super smart, and I think he's genuine, and I think he truly is there for the right reasons. But 
my um, feeling about trying to compromise with the Republicans right now just to sort of prove that that Congress isn't as broken as they are yeah. and that they can get something done. Preach. I think it's such a fool's errand. And I, as much as I want to see something happen, I think every day between now and the midterms and almost the only thing they should talk about other than the relentless Republican pursuit of destroying democracy is they should take that gun reform bill and basically say no guns of any kind for anyone under 21 um universal background checks no sales of guns at gun shows if you want to go and play in the sandbox with your guns you can't buy one there you can pick out you know your dream gun and then go buy it you know someplace that can do a background check and you have to register. They should have to take safety courses the same way people who have to drive cars. You have to prove that you're capable of owning a thing, not a car that gets you from work to home and back to work again, but a thing that is designed and manufactured to kill things that you are someone who is capable of sound mind and trained to be able to handle something like this that. This is what I think, too. I think you're right. And again, it's not taking guns away from people. It's about the guns we're going to sell in the future. And it's not saying you can't own a gun. It's saying, you know what? Maybe it should be a little harder for civilians to own mass, right. ki- mass kill machines. Mm-hmm. And there should be no guns that are military grade. It's ridiculous. And they should have a vote. And those should be the pillars of any kind of legislation. And the Democrats should have a vote on the Senate floor Every single day between now and the midterm and let Republicans vote no every single day. Okay, I'm in love with you. They should show (laughs) up. They should show up and say, we just want you to understand that as as an American population, we are 11 people away from having a country where you do not have to fear for your life. When you go to a movie, go to a grocery store, walk down a street, go to a school, yeah. any of it, yeah. it's 11 people. 11 senators away from it. I mean, I, I, what I love the most about what you just said, it was that um, have it. the vote over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. They used to have the Obamacare repeal votes and we mocked them, but they were rallying yeah. their base. They were saying, hey, we're actually trying for something. And when it comes to, look, they had the vote last week to, to not let gas stations gouge consumers at the pump and every Republican voted against it and the media barely covered it. I say, have that fucking vote again yeah. every week. Yeah. Exactly. And you know why they voted against it? Because they want it to artificially stay high. Yes. So they have something they to complain about. They need to beat about. up Democrats. They have nothing they need- to offer you in a policy position, so they'll just tell you why right. Democrats are bad. They should take these votes every single day, and they should remind people who is voting to keep these weapons of wars on the street. In the, You know, if you are a law-abiding citizen, have, have a gun. Good, yeah. good on you. Yeah. Have a gun. And there's a way for you to get it. But if you're not willing to be inconvenienced a little bit by doing what you can do to make sure that only you and people like you have guns so that lives can be saved for God forbid, because the next person could be your mother, your child. Like, yeah, but uh, Melissa, if, I, I, if you I, can't be that inconvenienced. 
then you don't you don't deserve to have a gun. Melissa, yeah. I thank you so you much for the call. The I, I love everything she just said because I, I keep saying that I think this is not going to change until either we elect a lot more Democrats, mm-hmm. and even then it doesn't guarantee anything, well, or until so every Republican has to know someone who dies from a gun. It's yeah. only one degree of empathy. Every like Democrats, I'll say that liberals generally can care about people they don't know. Yeah. Right wing people generally, it's got to happen to someone they know. And I don't want every Republican to lose someone they love before they realize how important this is. My concern is that uh, con- that Republicans in Congress want to, like I said earlier, throw us some table scraps to shut us the hell up. That's because it. if we take this issue into November and keep everybody galvanized and riled up as they should be, um, it could be a you know a turnout of epic proportions. Well, I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> But I think the Democrats are just so bad at messaging. I mean, the, the Republicans are, don't care. They will repeat the the weirdest, wildest lies very easily over and over. And the Democratic messaging might as well be carry a pigeon. I, I, it's, <laughs> they, they are really, they're in a whole other century as far as getting their message across clearly and beating it to death. It's almost like you're saying they're in disarray, Rhonda. <laughs> but, but every time I hear that, I'm like, well, and the Republicans are in array. I mean, the status quo is always more organized. But I mean, look, the reality is that the, the, the gun control measure that's most likely to get bipartisan, bipartisan support is broader background checks. And it's really popular. 90% of people support that. But that's had an influence on only a tiny amount of these shootings. Assault weapons, 30% of all mass shootings involved in the last 30 years involved guns that were banned under the now expired 1994 federal. That one would make a difference. The red flag, red flag laws, 46% of these shootings, mass shootings, an attacker expressed interest in harming others. In 36%, at least one attacker was previously known to be suicidal. The red flag laws could have removed guns from 46% of the mass shooters in the last couple of decades. I say also we should mandate insurance. Uh, gun owners should have to carry insurance yeah. uh, for their weapon. Totally. I, I think the uh, price of bullets should, <laughs> should definitely uh, be increased, as uh, Chris Rock yes. uh, right. said. Yeah, And, and, and they uh, should have to sign some kind of disclosure that when they feel like they want to kill somebody, that they should do it to themselves first. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, one more thing. Uh, only women should be allowed to own them. Uh, I'm sorry. Women have showed themselves to be the only gender that we can trust with guns. Mm. They're not fucking around. Let me go to Elizabeth in Texas. Thank you for your patience, Elizabeth. Hey, John. How are you? Great. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, quickly, um, we're talking about a lot of tactics. However, if you want to talk to um, the Republican population, I think we need to consider um, sociopathy. So, uh, um, let's see, the, uh, so, uh, sociopaths. Yes. And and there are there are a lot of people that are sociopaths. Correct. And it's like. Oh, well, Elizabeth, about? Elizabeth, I love you. I, lo- I love, but I, I'm just now figuring out how to talk to narcissists. Okay, now, yeah. I, now I got to learn a whole new language yeah. for psychopaths. Well, the, the problem yeah. is that well, the, the crazy comment section is now getting elected. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Um, yeah, the the thing with uh, sociopaths 
is that, uh, you know, a lot of very successful, competitive people are sociopaths. Not in the comedy world. Yeah. Not in the comedy world. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Yeah, it is in the know. comedy world. Yeah. But, um, but basically, my, my um, litmus test for what is a sociopath. Please. If you're walking down, if you're walking down the street and the person in front of you um, trips and falls, what do you do? Do you laugh or you say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry, you know, and try to help them. Yeah. And, you know, most people, uh, a lot of people just laugh. And I, do. I mean, that's kind of the difference. Yeah. But Elizabeth, and, a true sociopath would act concerned and then pick their pocket. Yeah, I, I laugh. It's not my business. I laugh and move on. But that does not mean I'm going to shoot up a school. That's no, but a, that's because you're a psychopath, Kevin. Psych- you know, not a yes. sociopath. I'm a charming sociopath. I know what she's talking about. There's, there's degrees. But, it's but, but Elizabeth, how are we supposed to talk to them? What are we supposed um, to say? Because, because your oh, hair looks okay. nice today. I, I, I'm around. I'm around a lot of sociopaths. Yes. And basically, the way you talk to them is um, you sit them down in a calm moment and say, "This is the best for you." Uh, for instance, with Republicans, okay, uh, economically, it is the best for you to vote with the Democrats. Otherwise, you're going to have uh, a uh, Ukraine situation where people are going to be blowing up your world and destroying your air and water and everything, you know. So but but it's all about, you know, yourself with sociopaths. You know, they have no concept of Mm -hmm. uh, other people. True. And so you need to appeal to. Uh, you know their their gut instincts. I well, mean, their vanity is their gut, and you can be the, the sociopathy and and narcissistic personality disorder Venn diagram has are two largely overlapping circles. I got I got to run, Elizabeth, but I thank you for the point. It's very valid. Donald Trump is a sociopath. Kevin, I'm sorry for calling you a psychopath. You're actually a sadist. That's sadist what I is that what it is? You <laughs> laugh at people who get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to Edward in uh, Denton, Texas. Edward, thank you so much for your patience. Hey guys, comrades, friends, brothers and sisters in arms. Hi. Um, Hi so I just wanted to go on, guys. So I, I think we're going at this the wrong way. A lack of armament knowledge on the side of Democrats can make gun laws worse and make the situation worse. Okay. And so for a side, so I, I served in the, the Marine Corps back in 2003 to 2007. Thank you. Um, so I, you know, I walked around Fallujah with what I think they call the assault rifle. And what you need to understand about that assault rifle logo is that it really only deals with the cosmetics of the weapon. It doesn't deal with lethality. Right. It might surprise you to learn that an AR-15 is considered a low-powered rifle and shoots what's called yes. a varmint round. Yes, I know. So, but it is. It, but you would, that, you would you would agree the AR-15 is the weapon of choice for psychopathic mass murderers in our country. I think what yeah I think what's going on there it's a hundred percent the gun crowd which you know I guess I'm con- <laughs> consider myself part of in, in a way but that's okay it's this idea that it's it's this idea that it's a masculine it's a symbol of masculinity oh, yeah. the gun crowd has turned the AR-15 into their penis I know. You know it's also <laughs> fun it's, cool, but- it's fun to shoot guns guns yeah. are awesome but I mean as someone who served in the it's armed true. forces you know the the similarities between the AR-15 and the M16. Do you think 18-year-old civilians with no training should be allowed to own one? 
So, oh, 18-year-olds? No, I wouldn't say 18-year-olds. I'm, I'm okay with uh, upping up to, say, 21, um, just because I think we know all know well. well I didn't but make you, good but you're okay with civilians. You're, 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 but you're, would you be okay with civilians owning M16s? I mean, is there a civilian use for this kind of hardware? Yes. What yeah, is I'd that? Be fine with it. What is that? Like, really What's shitty hunting? What is the civilian use for them owning a, an, an AR-15? Like, really bad hunting? Oh, yeah, it's not a good rifle. I wouldn't get it personally. I'm fine with it. I just don't think by banning it... But what's the really civilian use? What What is the civilian use for it beyond killing lots of people in a short amount of time? Oh, I just I shoot at her... Well, but you can do... So here's where I was going with that. So if you ban that, let's say we got rid of the AR-15, somebody shows up with, say, an M1 Grand. Uh, M1 Grand, that's a 7.62 round, about three times the stopping power of the M16, which is 13,000 pounds per uh, square foot. Yeah, that's, that's, you didn't I'm, ask that I'm question. I'm fine, with, I'm fine with civilians not having access to right. that either. Edward, like, don't talk like my husband. Ed, Ed, Edward, I just feel like you can you can <laughs> tackle a guy when he has to reload after 10 rounds. You know what I mean? Like, if you're in the mall... One 1,000. One, that's all it takes to load, especially if you got a split rig. One one thousand. That's okay. how long you got. All the more reason to ban it. All the more reason. I just I don't see the civilian use for it, Edward. I, I'm not against. He hasn't guns. been able to come up with I'm one. I'm not yet. against concealed carry. I don't see the well, civilian use for mass kill machines. Go, the M16 is not the M16 is not a, a particularly special rifle. It's not a more lethal rifle. Okay. That's what I'm trying to get across. Right. I got it. It's not a more lethal rifle. Well, the uh, the, the, the AR-15 the AR-15 can kill 60 people at a country music show in Vegas from a high window. It's pretty effective at killing lots yeah. of humans really yeah. fast. It, but so are other weapons. Uh, so, so the next weapon them. that's coming yeah. out that, that will be the new military weapon. Yeah. The new military weapon is going to be the XM5. But Edward, Edward, what is this? Edward, my question so, is, what is the civilian use okay. for a machine designed to kill a lot of humans really fast? Well, I think um, Killer Mike of uh, of uh, Run the Jewels said it best. I'd rather have a dead Klansman at a thousand meters than a hundred. That's what the rifle is. Right, but, but, but you can to about, fight back against the Klan? Yeah, I'm not really worried about the Klan year in this, this? century. No, I love Jesus Killer Mike. Absolutely. But again, protection. Edward, gonna, I'm not against your, guns. Oh. I'm saying a machine designed to kill lots of people yeah. really fast. What is the civilian use for that? Killing lots of people really fast. That's it. It doesn't kill anybody it. any faster than any other weapon. Uh, it doesn't kill anybody any faster. It doesn't. You can kill people. You can kill a lot of... The lethality isn't... There's magazine. no more lethality with the AR-15 than with other weapons. Then get rid of the AR-15 and the other then, weapons. Yeah, then get rid of the AR-15 and the other ones. I you mean, haven't come up with one reason. I, I'd like, I, I'd like you want to ban all of them. I want civilians. I do. I don't want to ban all guns, I but do. I want civilians to be able to kill fewer people when they're having a bad day. Edward, I thank you for your service. I thank you for but the call. Banning the AR-15 won't do that. That's what I'm saying. Well, uh, all I can tell you is the number of mass shootings went up a hundredfold after the ban was allowed to expire. And other countries, Edward, that don't have access to this hardware but, don't have the problems we have. And the number of AR-15s in circulation oh, Edward, went up. Edward, why are there more shootings here and these things never happen in our other capitalist allies? Why here? Well, I, I think, again, with the, uh, the what we talked about with uh, turning it into the symbol of masculinity. I but think they, but they, have, they have little dicks in Europe. Uh, yeah. They have tiny have dicks more, in I, Europe, I think, too. They have tiny dicks in Europe. Tiny I, dicks all over true. in this Asia. Yeah. yeah. This is true. But what I'm, what I'm, but what and if I'm it's just say, about think, tiny dicks, I, I get rid of the guns and keep the Ford F-150s. Edward, <laughs> civilian, I just... I think I, there are laws you can make that will have an impressive effect, 
It's I about, just don't think the assault weapons ban is the best way well, to go. Well, here's the deal, Edward. It works in 90... every other country. Yeah. It works in every other country. And Australia, it it, Australia banned them in 1996, and they haven't had a mass shooting in 26 years. I got to run, but I thank you for the call. Whew. What a deflection. Yeah. Oh, my Christ. God. Yeah. You know what's interesting was that um, Edward's point of view is, is very consistent with... Every single Republican who has been grilled, I've, I've seen them get questioned um, yeah. by reporters on TV, and they'll ask them three times. That's what the Steve Scalise they'll, clip we played. They always yeah. go to that. They always do the same bullshit. Confiscation. Go, well, no, confiscation no. doesn't solve the problem. Is, 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 the, is when you start any argument like that, then they will just get into this ultra technical, well, it's not this and not that. I give zero okay, fucks. I bet you I, think I, AR stands yeah. for assault rifle. It stands <laughs> for armor light rifle. It's like, I give zero fucks. It's, it's like, like I'm talking to a Star Trek nerd at some point. Spock first. Of yeah, open mind just, in episode seven of season three. It's, it's just yeah, another nerd type, and anybody who who you know, <laughs> I, I personally will go on the record. I'm for getting rid of every fucking gun. I'm not. A, I don't care. I, I get rid of them all. Great. And any person who has the that is on that is this is the ones that drive me nuts too are the ones. Well, well, uh, you know, I, I don't want to ban any guns because then you're going to come for my hunting rifle and all that other bullshit. And and it's their hobby or or I was waiting for him to say, well, you can sport shoot and target hunt and anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's fine for anybody. No, if if. If that's your hobby, right, and kids are getting killed, killed, I love golf. But if somebody was able to kill a, a room full of third graders in yep. nine seconds with a golf club, I'd take up tennis. That's what I would do. I would get rid of it. I would be like, no, fuck that. I don't even want to be associated with other golfers. We still, you know what I mean? We still can't bring liquids Despises through TSA. Me. Of course. We can't bring a bottle yeah. of Aquafina through TSA because yeah. some guy yeah. in Europe thought about making a liquid bomb 20 years ago exactly. and never did. We still, still have take to our shoes take off. our shoes yeah. off because yeah. of that guy, Richard, what was his last yeah. name? The shoe bomber. The shoe bomber. Who yeah. again, but like, what about the guy who had a bomb in his underwear? That's it. I mean, like, he <laughs> yeah. almost burned his dick off and now we have to walk through a metal detector all the time. So we right? do these things to preserve American life. Right. We have a $700 billion military budget to preserve American life. But we don't want to do anything about our entertainment in this no. country. No, Very selfish. Paul in San Diego. Welcome. Hey, I love that bit about golf and giving it up. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank right you. on. Maybe that'll have to go I in the did, new hour. I did want... I did... Oh, well, I'm listening to this serious, so I may be behind. I'm not sure. Real quick point. Uh, one of your guests was talking about how Democrats have a problem with messaging. I don't think that's the case at all. I think our problem is that phrase, the media is a message. Yeah. We don't have a right wing. We don't have, I'm sorry, a propaganda machine, anything like what the right wing has. They have yeah. everything from yeah. the bottom up. And rated all the way up to Fox and above. Well, that's because they control. They, if you control one third of the population, you can do anything. I mean, that's what the Hit, Hitler realized. Democrats are trying to corral everybody, and everybody's watching four hundred different things. Mm -hmm. Republicans, they just got to go for that tight one third, and that's all they need. So many people I've heard on the programs on progressives. Now, the Democrats can't message. They should stop saying that. They should just say, we need to change this. And how do we do it? We get, I don't know, maybe a billionaire. And we have bright, rich left-wing guys who can buy radio stations. We need to yeah. build an infrastructure just like yeah. the right wing has. But, but again, but you're so right. If Mike Bloomberg really cared about stopping Trumpism, he could buy Fox News tonight. That's right. So, well, anyway, I just want to make that point. I don't want Thank to blame you. Democrats for not messaging. I understand. Um, I think it's really, yeah. I got. Thank I hear you. you. I hear Thanks you. Thanks for your show. Thank you. Love Paul. your show. Thank you. Take care. I mean, in my lifetime, Democrats have only gotten the White House after Republicans 
have screwed everything up. Yeah, yeah. They they never get in during tranquil times, you know. And and it's always cleanup. Yeah, always. My whole life, Jimmy Carter came in to clean up after Watergate. Mm-hmm. Bill Clinton came in to clean up after twelve years of trickle down blew up in our faces. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama got in because of you know who yeah. fucking everything up. And Boy. Joe Biden, we know why he's there. Yeah, but when but things are going well, it's a perfect way to keep us from accomplishing anything. I know. And when things are going well, the American people have chosen Hillary Clinton and Al Gore. But the dead slave owners said no. You can't have them. We got to take a very quick break. We'll be right back with more of your calls. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let me go to the phones really quick. Stan is calling from St. Louis. Thanks for your patience, Stan. Hey, John. Uh, I know you're pressed for time, so I'll try to be quick. Uh, you know, the founding fathers had a fear of a standing army. That's why That's only right. the Navy's listed in the Constitution. That's right. Um, if you read Federalist 29, they talk about the militia. Article 1 of the Constitution talks about how Congress will call up the militia and Congress will provide the arms for the militia. And the biggest tell to me is none of these Republicans are referring to the Federalist Papers, right? Because it's it's not there. What they're claiming isn't there. And if you needed another history lesson, Washington called up the militia from three states, marched them across Pennsylvania, and made the Whiskey Rebellion guys pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. So that's the way it was supposed to work. And we still fund the Army on a two-year cycle because it's not even in the Constitution. From your lips, man. I mean, that's true. And yet, try convincing our friends of that on the right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It just it frustrates the heck out of me. It really does. I mean, since Trump, even guys, you know, that I went to grade school, junior high, high school, even the same university, same socioeconomic class growing up, how can they look at the world so damn differently and incorrectly it just staggers me because the person who gives quick and easy solutions is always more appealing than the person who wants to try to explain something you know that's how it is it's humans it's how we're wired i thank you very much for the call stan i really appreciate it um before we hit our next break uh you know we're due for some good news right i think so so uh this story broke today and i want to go even deeper on it during the week but um there was an immunotherapy drug trial in patients with rectal cancer. You might have read about this in the Times of the Post. And they recently had an unheard of result. Every single patient treated achieved complete remission. It was only 12 patients. It was published yesterday in the New England Journal of Medicine, but complete remission of cancer in 100% of the patients they tried. It's never happened before in the history of cancer. 
You can read about that in the Post or the New York Times. But man, if you need something positive, science is leading the way. <laughs>